Yeah, you're um, you're kind of lucky here. I've been thinking lately about my old workplace, your current workplace, yeah. the the air conditioning in that. Oh, dude, it's made me soft. <laughs> I'm soft now. I used to work in the heat. Now, now I don't have to, and it's it's a blessing. I mean, whenever it gets maybe 80, 85, and I'm like, God, I'm sweating. This is miserable. <laughs> I think I might take off early, go home. It's uh, getting some real air conditioning. It's rare to have a facility that big, mm-hmm. especially with welding in it. Yeah. And have. Uh, I'm not welding you know, anymore. You know that? Yeah, you went to the electrical yeah, I side. Yeah, I went to the apprenticeship and become an electrician. Yeah, you like that? Oh, yeah, I love it a lot more. Good. So much easier on my body. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, although, like, all those fumes from welding and stuff and, like, the paint and everything from when you're welding and the paint's flaking off and all that, it's mm-hmm. supposed to be really good for your lungs and whatnot. But Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, think, life extenders. Yeah. Carcinogens is a good thing, right? Yeah. Cool, cool. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> They're shipping containers from China. They have the highest quality paint. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Everybody, welcome back to the Almost Home Podcast. I'm joined here, as always, by my lovely wife, Jennifer. Hello. And our guest today is my friend and former co-worker, Connor Shrewsbury. Hello, everybody. Connor comes to us from Missouri. But Archie, Missouri. Archer. Archie. Arch, Archie, Archie, Missouri. Yeah. That's right. Um, racetrack down there, right? Dirt yeah, track racing? Yeah. Butler. Yeah. Me and Adrian Butler. There you go. Yep. Where is... I don't know where that is. Like, All what's right. the big city? I uh, know. Belton. Oh, okay. Belton. So I'm 30 minutes south of Belton. Okay. Yeah. So how long, how long does that take to get here? It's like an hour from here. <sighs> That's I drive dedication. an hour. That the, is dedicated. I drive an hour I think you're, to and from. Are you our um, like farthest away guest? First out yeah. of state guest? Yeah. Man, you uh, I don't think time. out of state. Well, out of state, maybe. No, yeah, I think was so. Was James out of state? No. He? no James is local. Mm. Kansas. I mean, he's from out of state. but Yeah. Yeah, out of state. Look, we should. He gets a prize for that. <laughs> Not to think of that. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's our applause. There it is. Finally used it. Uh, so Connor has he told us ahead of time that he's listened to every episode, so he knows how this goes. We're gonna start with our icebreakers. Connor, what would be your dream job? Oh. I love what I'm doing right now, training to be an electrician, but I'd have to say like being a, like a fishing guide, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Deep sea or like catfish here in Kansas? Uh, like just or bat, like a bass. Yeah. yeah. I like bass fishing a lot. Cool. That's I a good... I myself being a bass fisherman, like a, a, like a guided fisherman. That'd be cool. I thought you were going to say, no, I think I'll just stick with being an electrician, and we were just going to end the interview there. <laughs> but, <laughs> and that's all. <laughs> just, I'm happy where I'm at. <laughs> okay, uh, a bass fishing guide. That's a good one. I like that. There's a lot of people that listen, I think, that are big. You have a lot of fishermen. Yeah. Like, whatever. Fish people. Fish people. Yeah. Yuck. Mermaids. Yes. Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our, our podcast is huge under the sea. <laughs> Uh, see what I did there. Huge <laughs> um, Number two, your favorite appetizer. Oh, man, I'm kind of cheap. I don't go for the appetizers, but I would. I'd have to say either a barbarian pretzel or mozzarella sticks. Oh, barbarian, barbarian pretzel. pretzel. You're going wild on us, man. You Missouri yeah. folks are different. Where's that? 
don't know, just like Texas Roadhouse type restaurants. Oh, like, a, like that. Maybe just a not specifically, pretzel. but right, just a giant pretzel. Yeah, something like you get like Salt a ballpark, just a little bit more. I don't know, special. Hmm. Yeah. Like My wife that. would say spinach and artichoke chip dip, and I, I disown her on that. That's good <laughs> stuff, though. That's disgusting. That's <laughs> sick. She's like, "Do you care if I get the the spinach and artichoke dip?" I was like, "I guess not." That's your main dish. Yeah, that, that's all you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. No spinach and artichoke dip. All right, and number three, your favorite verse. Uh, Romans three twenty three. For all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. There's a little bit more surrounding that that I don't have memorized. Uh, Romans three twenty one. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear the witness to it, the righteousness of God through the faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all of sin fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, whom God put forward as a propagation by His blood to receive to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over his former sins. It was to show his righteousness at this at the present time so that he might be justified or be the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Romans is always solid. Just that one part, Romans 3.23, always sticks out to me just because it kind of it grounds you. It keeps you humble. Yeah. I mean, everybody's sin. Everybody falls short of the glory. But he died for everybody. So we may be able to live eternally. Sure. Romans, like, Romans is just a solid book. I, I read somewhere or seen it on a video or something I was listening to. If you could tell someone just to read one book of the Bible, like if, if they could only read one book, it would be Romans. Like that gets the, the gist of, mm-hmm. of what Jesus did for us and, and that kind of thing. And that's that's pretty solid. Anything out of Romans is going to be... Uh, I think really anything out of the Bible is pretty solid. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I mean, especially in the New Testament. Yeah. The Old Testament gets a little wild sometimes, but... And Revelations, but... Anyway, Connor, you know why you're here. Let's... uh. Let's go ahead and hear your story. Tell right, us. Let's dive into it. Yep. I got some uh, talking points trying to remember my life in chronological order. So uh, let's go from whenever I started developing my memory. I Whenever I got like, into preschool, I went to a Christian preschool. I really don't know why. Like My parents weren't religious. I mean, they weren't not religious, I guess. Uh, they probably knew who Jesus Christ was, but never understood the whole reason behind what he did so that was the mid 2000s whenever i was in preschool that's probably whenever you're in afghanistan yeah out in the world (laughs) (laughs) thank you for that so uh he looked at you not me (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh going into kindergarten i went to public school for the rest of my time being in school but you kind of hear kids talking about heaven and all that. I don't know what they're talking about. I really didn't even learn all that in preschool. I might have. I just was really there to learn the alphabet and what the different colors are. Play with blocks. and Yeah, all that good stuff. So I hear 
more about Jesus and heaven and you have to be a good person to get into heaven. I'm like, oh, that's that's easy money right there. So, as a kid, you just try to, you're not going to be perfect, but yeah, you know, trying to do good so you can get into heaven. So we can kind of fast forward to middle school whenever everything happens is in middle school, high school time. So, uh, my one of my best friends at the time, Cody Staley, he invited me to this uh, Christian-based concert called Acquire the Fire. I don't know if they do it anymore or not, but uh, it was like a, a two-day deal. It was like three hours on like a Friday night and then all day the next Saturday. There was preaching, singing, all, all sorts of cool stuff. And that's whenever I gave my life to Christ. And uh, after that, I mean, whenever I was there, everybody's buying wristbands, t-shirts, cool stuff like that. And I bought a Bible, which everybody said that kind of stood out to them. Uh, I don't know why, I just wanted a Bible. I didn't have one, got one. And uh, so after that, that following Sunday, I went with my friend Cody and his family to church. And uh, from then on, I asked my parents if they would like to go to church with me and and what are you going to do whenever your 12, 13-year-old son asks you to go to church? You're not going to say no. I, mean, that's, I feel like that doesn't happen very often. But whenever I was growing up, most of my friends went to church. I could think of a few off the top of my head, and I would go with them. But I was like, hey, if you're spending the night, we're going to church in the morning. Is that okay? Well, when I hear church, I hear getting up early and going and sitting still and being quiet, and that's not necessarily fun whenever you're eight years old growing up so I was exposed a little bit in that way but it wasn't something that I lived by but once uh, I'm 12 13 years old I bring my family to church and shortly after we all get baptized it was my mom dad's and me that I got baptized my sister didn't get baptized until a little bit later on uh, from middle school through high, I'd say middle school is probably one of my more spiritual times just because of the friends that I was surrounded by. We weren't perfect by any means, but we were working hard to bring people to Christ, try to get people saved, bring people to our uh, our youth group. That youth group was a big part of my walk, I would say. Um, so high school, we left the church that we were at. There is some negativity kind of surrounding it that my parents didn't agree with so obviously I go with my parents I can't just drive myself to church at 15 years old I could but not a great idea <laughs> uh, so we don't really church hop but we were part of a church that started and it didn't last very long maybe a year before we kind of we cut it off just didn't work for everybody and then we started going to uh, the church we're currently at called Evangel I didn't I didn't go a whole lot in the beginning but now now it's what I call home but uh, from that church that we kind of stopped going to into Evangel there really isn't a whole lot that happens I I hate to say this but I'm like the most average guy ever <laughs> really not a whole lot that's special about my life no extremely crazy stories I think you make up for that for me <laughs> you have so many crazy stories that it like 
it's like double what I would have. So, uh... That's not a good thing, by I, the way. I know, That's not yeah. a good thing. Uh, <laughs> for, for you, it's not a terrible thing for me. But, uh, yeah. Going through high school, I... I did not believe that my walk wasn't near as strong as it was back in middle school. It's hard in high school. Very tough in high school. No matter what your situation is. I mean, high school just, it's a whole different animal compared to elementary and middle school. So I'm going to Evangel and then on my, uh, I'm going to butcher this word, it's like the church service before you graduate, uh, baccalaureate. Do you know what yep. I'm talking about? Yep. Okay. It's so a, I'm not going to try to pronounce it either. I think that's, it, it's close. Yeah. So uh, the pastor of the church that I go to, uh, Evangel, he's doing a, a sermon for all the uh, kids in my class that are about ready to graduate, going into college, or whatever they decide to do. He preaches, and my uh, my parents really liked it. My parents were there, and I was just there because my parents told me to be there. So we, we're going to that church now, and, and I'm just kind of existing. This is the time where I'm out of high school, kind of got my first actual job where I'm not in school. Uh, man, I've got a whole fuzzy memory of that point in my life, but uh, we're going to Evangel, and uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just existing at that point. I I've met my wife at this point, probably a girlfriend at that point in time. This is 2018. And uh, we, my wife and I, we met at a Royals game, in quotations. That's what we told everybody. We actually met on Tinder. But <laughs> at that point uh, in time, meeting people online was kind of weird. It was kind of sketchy. You don't really do that a whole, a whole I don't hear about it. But we were kind of the exception where it worked out really well. So... Everybody at my church that we told that we met at a Royals game are probably just now here and that we met on Tinder. I was going to so. ask that. Like, are your parents going to listen to this and you feel oh. like, what? <laughs> so, my sister's boyfriend at the time, my sister's boyfriend's mom was my high school science teacher. And the time that my sister and her son were dating, my mom and my high school science teacher became pretty good friends. And... <laughs> She, my high school science teacher, we'll just call her Mrs. Debrick because that's her name. She is, she's very sharp. She's hard to get by. And she's like talking to my mom about it. My mom went through the whole story and she says, you really buy that? Because <laughs> I, I told my mom, like, oh, I met this, at the time I was 18, I was like, uh, I met this 21 year old girl at the Royals game. She's really cool. Um... I think I might have a real chance there. I mean, at this point, I've already known her for a couple of months, talking to her on Snapchat and all that good stuff. So, my mom's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Shoot your shot, I guess, son. <laughs> <laughs> so, a few years later, that story gets brought up to my uh, one of my old teachers, and she's like, yeah, you really believe that? You think that actually happened? And I don't know how my mom found out. She, it, she may have asked... Uh, my wife Tori I think she asked her that and 
my wife is super cute, honest, innocent, can't <laughs> can't keep a lie going. So she spills the beans, and then my face gets all red. I'm like, oh, well, maybe that maybe that's how it happened. I don't really remember. <laughs> so that's how my wife and I met. Uh, my wife, she she I'd say she grew up Christian more so than I did, because of her grandparents. Uh, but yeah, whenever we first started talking, religion came up very very soon. It wasn't like the base of the relationship, but she said that she uh, grew up going to church. I was like, oh, I've I've been to church, so that's kind of cool. We have a lot in common. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she has no problem going to church with me. There was an instance in the church that we go to now when it, uh, it was 2020. It was right before the whole housing situation happened. Really expensive houses, but really low interest rates. So we were able to get a really low interest rate on our first house and not have to pay an astronomical amount for that house. So we decided to buy it and our church uh, wasn't too keen on the idea of us living together in our first house before marriage. And this was, I mean, we got married in 2020, but it was September. This is February at this point. So we kind of got a bad taste in our mouth and we stopped going for a little bit. So it wasn't until I'd say back in 2021, we started going again and like we had no problem going back and we were we were welcomed back and uh i should also add my wife moved in with uh my parents and me uh three months after we started dating <laughs> so that's a that's a whole story i won't get into but yeah ever since then 2021 i couldn't give you a, a month or anything where we got our own house our own place where we're married, we try to do everything right, as good as we could. Uh, we're back in church, we're serving where we can, when we can, however we can. Uh, and then, ever since then, I mean, that's just kind of the point in life that we're in now. I mean, uh, we started going to like a small group on Monday nights and I was like I don't know I might I'm gonna try to come up with an excuse so I don't have to go because I really don't want to go to church after work and then I don't know something came over me like dude just give it a shot you never know I gave it a shot I'm like oh this is actually very beneficial for me and my family so now I just found out today we'll probably be going to two church services a week or Bible studies if you will. Uh, but yeah, you got any questions to this point? I mean, there really isn't a whole lot I can add to my life. I'm a young guy, average Joe. There really, there really isn't much to me. Uh, what really stood out to me is the fact that at 12, 13 years old, you started going to church and your family went with you. Mm -hmm. Like you made the decision and the family followed. And that there's got to be... I, that's just something I've never even thought about that a, that a it's, child could bring. Cool. Yeah, that's that's a huge debt. And your parents weren't just like, oh, it's your face, send him on his way, and mm -hmm. you know he, and that they were open to it. Like, well, if he's gone, we're gonna go. And 
That's pretty solid. Yeah, it is kind of cool. You don't hear about stuff like that very often. So that's one of the cooler parts about my life. Is, and then eventually, like, everybody in my family started going aunts, uncles, all that good stuff, cousins. Yeah. Uh, did your parents grow up in the, like, did they grow up in the church? Or I know you said they weren't going to church, like, as you were growing up. But did they, in their separate lives before they met and got married, were they, they in the church? They probably did on, like, Easter and Christmas and yeah. stuff like that. But... My dad said that he went to church whenever his dad was in bad health right before he passed away. Uh, he said after that, and then the pastor at that church got caught doing something kind of scandalous, so it kind of turned him off to church. Sure. Rightfully so. I mean, we're not all perfect. Actually, none of us are perfect. But, yeah, at that point in his life, he just wanted nothing to do with it. Uh, my mom said that every once in a while she'd have her arm twisted to go to church. Other than that, I don't think they really attended church a whole lot. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the backstory on my parents. Nothing out of the ordinary, I guess. And it was just, it was just you deciding to go. Like you just decided to go. There, you had a friend that took you to the concert, mm-hmm. and then you started going, and because of. So we've discussed this on the podcast before, how just asking, just talking to people about it, and just casual conversation, um, having those conversations about Jesus, inviting people to church. It's I forget the, the stat right now, but it's something like 58% of people that don't go to church say they would if they were invited. Mm-hmm. And I, I might just pull that number out of thin air. It may be <laughs> a lot more, maybe a lot less, but still it's just the fact that you went because you were invited. And then your whole family came along. Mm-hmm. and Because you invited them. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> like, hey, let's give this a shot. It turned out to be pretty cool. And your sister, is she younger than you or older than you? Uh, she's 18, so she's a little bit younger than I am, about six years. Okay. She's 18 now? Mm-hmm. Okay. I forget. <laughs> There's quite an age gap between <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people my age have 18-year-old children, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... I have an eight-month your old children. Yeah. Children. <laughs> children. <laughs> it's cool that you talk about groups and that it's mm-hmm. beneficial and which, you know, coincidence it, it is not with God, but that was kind of our um, sermon today at our church was about groups yeah. and just how important it is in your life, you know, to have you're serving, you're going to church and, you know, everything, but how more important it is to have that group. I, I get much more out of a small group than I do going mm-hmm. to church on Sunday. And I, I still try to get as much out of it, but trying to deal with an eight-month-old baby holder, keep her from screaming, crying, and all that good stuff. And that It makes it a little bit harder to stay focused and take notes and all that. But I, I try to get as much out of it every single time that I go. Yeah. But yeah, with a small group, get in a circle, you mm-hmm. you read read the Bible, answer some questions ask questions and it just seems like you get a lot more out of it being interactive mm-hmm. with it for Absolutely. sure yeah bible studies and small groups i think are where like that's really the meat and potatoes of learning the bible because if you go to church on a sunday and i've said this a million times if you go to a church on a sunday just to check that box and then you live in the world the rest of the week you know it's you're not getting much out of it um but if you're in the Word every day and you're in Bible studies and you're in small groups and you're 
you're learning how other people are in the word, how they're using it in their lives, how they're applying the word of God. It just makes a huge difference in your whole life. Mm-hmm. And it's just like this podcast or or those groups or whatever. You never know the things you have going deep down inside of you that you think you're the only one dealing with. You get to a small group and there may be someone else in there that's got something to say that you need to hear mm-hmm. or you got something to say that they need to hear or you guys are both struggling with the same thing at the same time, you know, whether it's alcohol, drugs, pornography, whatever it may be, you know, mm-hmm. it's just there's all kinds of all kinds of reasons to be in a small group or a Bible study and it's made a huge impact on on our lives and yeah, on, I'm glad general. I didn't try to make an excuse to not go. I know it, that there's a reason behind it because there's just this little thing in me that said, just just give it a shot, just go. Don't complain, just go. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, I I left there with my wife. I'm like, man, that was that was awesome. I'm looking forward to next week. I'm glad we we did this. Is your small group is it based on young couples, young people, or like is there a is or is it just whoever can get together at that time or? So our church offers several different. They call it e groups. Uh, the first one we went to was handling church in the workplace, hmm. and the second one was the book of James, I believe, and then the next one was the book of John. So now we're going to be going through the book of Daniel, and then. The next one we're going to is, like, uh, handling God, like, in your house. Okay. I think. I can't remember. My wife just showed me the little thing on the thing during church. She's like, hey, you want to do this one? Like, yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) We can do that one, too. Yeah, our... So the way ours are set up is, I feel like now it's going to turn into a continuation of Pastor Curtis's sermon this morning. (laughs) Because he talked about small groups so much, where it's more like people that you are like or mm-hmm. I don't know if that sounds right coming out but like they have empty nesters for parents whose whose kids are all moved out and moved you know got their own families now they have young adults they have young and free for youth you know they have all kinds of different ones so they have a young adults one going on but I don't know I think it's on the same night as when we're doing one of the other two yeah so I like to do them all, but that uh, that would stretch me pretty thin. Right. Yeah, sure, sure. Like I'm already pretty stretched thin as it is most days. You know, and when you, you brought up this concert, this Acquire the Fire, um, <laughs> I just wrote down God's Woodstock. I don't know if it was really to that. And I was like, that's something I need to, I need to copyright that and start a... Christian or or gospel worship singing concert and call it yeah. God's Woodstock. That's pretty solid. I'm such a creative person. Yeah, you never know when creativity strikes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now you put a whole bunch of stars next to that. Yep, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> he did. <laughs> so where do you go? Um, I know you had uh, you have a super close re- uh, relationship with your dad. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that? Without the church, without going to church, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, would you still have that same relationship? Would Has having God in your lives brought that relationship even closer than it would be without? Or It's had to have, but I'd like to think through a series of events, we probably would have ended up in church no matter what, even if I didn't, uh, if I didn't quote unquote make that call whenever I was 12 or 13 years old, like, uh. My grandpa passed away back in 
2015. That brought the that brought the whole family close together. Unfortunately, sometimes it takes losing people in our life to bring us all together. But unfortunately, that's just part of life. My dad uh, just this year uh, had a heart attack, and we 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 about lost him. That uh that kind of messed me up. And ever since then, like I ne I've never really taken my dad for granted, but I really understood what he meant to me whenever he was sedated on the hospital bed. And that was the first time in my life I've never been able to just up and talk to him. That took a huge toll on me. But yeah, I'm super close with my my family. Uh, yeah, my dad, like whenever he was in the hospital, I was like, man, if he doesn't pull through, I'll have lost my dad and best friend in one, in one shot. Like that, that just did something to me. I really understood how much he truly meant to me. Uh, do you do you mind if I share the story about you? You posted about your dad um, when he had his heart attack, and I can't remember now if you reached out to me or if I reached out to you, and I shared uh, what was going on with my Bible study. Uh, with the Soldiers for Jesus Bible yeah, study. Yeah, I think I reached out to you because I saw that you were sharing uh, Jesus stuff. I was like, oh, man, Jared's Jared's kind of turned it around a little bit. This is awesome. I love seeing that. And I think that was about the time my dad had just went to the hospital for his second heart attack. Yeah, so so Connor reached out to me and, and just, hey, man, can you pray? Can you pray for my dad? And... Sure, absolutely. And I said, I asked, you know, can I share with this Bible study group I'm in? And after that, it was just, it was within minutes. Uh, it, and I might be fuzzing some of this up some. Within minutes of me saying, can I share this with the Bible study group? You said, yes, I shared it. I put it in the texting app for all of them. I started getting, hey, we're praying for him. We're praying for him. We're praying for him. And then uh, your church pastor showed up in his hospital room, mm -hmm. and then he opened his eyes. He woke up. Yes. So with it, this is all. Oh within my gosh! Like that, a, I'm I'm getting chills remembering this because yes, we were they had lift the the sedation, which we knew that they did that, and he would be not really coherent, but he was gonna his eyes are gonna be open. He'd be able to kind of move around a little bit. They had him strapped to the bed, so. I mean, he had all that stuff on his face, so we knew that he was going to be miserable. So uh, our main pastor, Jordan, and the associate pastor, Kevin, they were there. Uh, our main pastor's wife was also there. And we're in the room praying over him. And, like, yeah, I kid you not, after we're done praying over him, I'm we're giving them hugs. They're about ready to leave the ICU room. And I look over and his eyes are open. I'm like, what? I I lost it, man. That was the hardest I've cried this calendar year. <laughs> this calendar year. <laughs> that was one of the, I hate calling it coolest moments, but. It's a God moment. It was a, very much so a God moment. That was incredible. I don't know if I was crying just because of the uh, God's movement in that particular moment or if I just saw my dad. I think it was just. Just a combination of things at that point. It was a very hard time in everybody's life. And just seeing him open his eyes for the first time in a few days did something. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Such I'm, I remember you telling. And, the, and this this conversation was, 
within like five to seven minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that that I said, hey, we're all praying for you. We're praying for your dad. You said, hey, my, the associate pastor's here. We're in the ICU. And then it was like, he's awake. He's mm-hmm. He's back. That's so awesome. That was, yeah, that was a very special day. I wish he wasn't there for that very special day. But right. It is what it is. Try to make the most out of out of that situation. Yeah, it's just another another way of showing that there really are no coincidences. Mm-hmm. There really are no just you, there's no happenstance. You know. Yeah. Things happen for a reason. For sure. And that reason's God. Most often. I would have to agree. So what else you got? How you said Tori grew up in church. Um, was she a faithful follower throughout, like through high school? I mean, some obviously I've heard stories of people going through a wild streak in high school. I don't know if that's true or not. Why'd you Which, look at me? To take the focus off of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, or she, was she fair, basically a follower all the way through? Did she... I wouldn't say hardcore, but one of her best friends in high school was a church goer, and they're pretty tight all the way through. I mean, if you were to take my wife and probably any other random girl in her class, you'd probably say my wife is the more Christian one. I'm not gonna say she probably didn't do anything wild in high school, as all high schoolers probably do something, <laughs> something silly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I wouldn't say that she was. Hardcore about anything, but her life definitely showed that she was on the right track. Cool, good. Um, and you, you said you guys moved in together, you bought a house together, mm-hmm. all that, and then you kind of had that rough patch with your church. That's um, so many people have been hurt by a church or by religion. Seeing that you guys were able to go back to that church um, and that you were accepted back and welcome back. Because I was, while you were telling that story, I was waiting for you to say, you know, there was something big happened there, that there was a separation of church where you had a a falling out or, uh, you know, that it took you from God or whatever. But So how I think it went down was the main pastor at the time, he he started a whole other uh, church in uh, downtown Kansas City. So he's still within Evangel, just... Uh, planted a church uh, somewhere else. But he approached my parents uh, saying, hey, do, do you think they'd be receptive of this? Like, uh, just explaining to them how living together while not married isn't necessarily biblical. And my mom was like, you can. I don't know how they're going to respond. They may not come back to church ever again. So he ended up never uh, talking to us about it, but my mom, like, warned us and I don't know, for some reason that kind of set wrong with my wife and me. Yeah. So we're like, yeah, we're just, we're just not going to go. And at the time, I think, uh, no, we, yeah, we just stopped going. There wasn't any reason other than that that we stopped going temporarily. Because we, uh, we had that first house in Archie, and she's from Oak Grove, and she wanted an opportunity to see her family more because we were in town with my family so we decided to buy a house in Oak Grove. We kept the first house in Archie and we just rented it out and uh, so while we're flipping this house in Oak Grove 
we started going back to that church evangel. I don't remember why, but my parents were still going, so uh, we were trying to be close with my parents because they were helping us with the house and everything. So we ended up going back, and we got the house to a point fixed up enough to where we could sell it because we wanted to move back to Archie. Because we saw, unfortunately, we saw her family while living in Oak Grove about as much as we did when we lived in Archie. We just didn't have my family support at the time while we were living in Oak Grove because it's about an hour drive. So we uh, moved back to Archie. And funny enough, we live right across the street from our first house. At one point, we owned all three houses (laughs) at once for like a month. That month sucked. <laughs> yeah, I bet. That's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, and money. Yeah. And money. Um, do you think looking back now, that when you when you kind of stopped going over that decision, do you think... What do, you, do you think you'd still make that decision? Would you, would you still think... Because the way I see it, from the outside looking in, he was looking out for your best interest. Yeah, I agree. Um... Is that something that later on you were like, you know what, he's right? Or were you just like, you know what, there's a lot of people doing a lot worse in the world? And <laughs> At that time, yes. I was like, man, there's bigger fish to fry than yeah. this. But if that were to happen right now, I'd be much more open to a conversation about yeah. it and learning about it and understanding what he's saying, why he's saying it. And yeah, I'd, I'd be much more open to the conversation more so than I was a few years ago. And I think that's, you know, we've talked before, I've talked to, I think it was Gage I talked to before about like having to um, disciple to your family or your friends that are close to you and that kind of stuff, or maybe it was Scott, I don't know. I think we have talked about it with a couple of people. With several people. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you you have someone, a family member, a friend or something that that say... um, an alcoholic, or maybe let's say an adulterer, um, you want to talk to him. Say, hey, you're not living the life that you should. This is that's a hard conversation to have, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm that. glad to see you that's, able to. Yeah, that's whenever yeah. people start to see it as being judgmental, mm-hmm. right? That's the the whole negative stereotype behind Christianity, right? Is the stereotypes. Well, and in scripture tells you to the judge the. That's the stereotype is the Christians judging yeah. everybody. And, and scripture does tell you to take care of the log in your eye before you worry about the speck mm-hmm. in theirs, which is 100% true. But at the same time, you are supposed to help your brothers and sisters in Christ. So, you know, that's a that's a tough one. Do you, do you hurt someone that you're close to or do you, because there's a lot of that stuff's going to be taken in a negative way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's tough to do. It's tough to cross that line and... That's kind of the negative effect. Yeah. It's very uh, tough waters to navigate in that aspect. I don't know how I would handle it. Like you said, I got my own set of problems to worry about before I start worrying about everybody yeah. else's problems. Yeah, we. I mean, you got to clean your own house, but then you got to watch out for others as well. There's a, It's, it's a, th- a fine line between being that judgmental. You know, we already talked about so many people being hurt by the church or by religion and that's people can use that against 
And the enemy will use that. Yeah. For sure. And I think yeah, it's you, how you talk about it, like how you say it to yeah. people. Yeah. Too, without being judgmental. And my pastor at the time, I don't think, would have approached us in a negative way at all. He was a very, a very stand-up dude. But, yeah, at the time I was, what, 20 years old? So I was kind of fiery. Not sure. really, I don't want to hear what you have to say. And if it's negative, I really don't want to hear what you have to say. So, yeah. Yeah, if I think back to when I was 20, I probably was a little bit fiery. and A little. <laughs> <laughs> a little different as well. Let's, even at 30 <laughs> is when I met you, and I don't think anybody could tell you what to do. <laughs> no, I wasn't very receptive to constructive criticism or anything at that point. So, so eight-month little girl. Yep. You've been married now for how many years? Since September 1st, 2020, so coming up on... Uh, coming up on four years. Four years. Not four years, really. Yeah. Wow. Well, wait. No, coming up on three, three. years. <laughs> like four We're seems like a lot. Three. Quick math. It seems like more than three, though. Yeah, quick math. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Yeah. Three houses. Unfortunately, yep. Yeah. Are you are you down to We're one? down to one house yeah. like a normal set of people. Yeah. <laughs> I know when we worked together, you were working a lot on, on flipping a house as well as mm-hmm. the job we did, which I don't think anyone really worked hard at that job. But Dude. Everybody in this place complains. I'm like, you have no idea. This is this job is a break compared to some of the other places. Right. Like for sure. Well, man, you got anything else for us? I I wish. <laughs> I haven't had a whole lot of life experiences to this point. So just trying to remember everything that I've been through. So nothing nothing super extreme. You want to uh, you want to put out social medias or anything for anyone that wants to ask for prayer or help with prayer? Or... The only social media I have is Facebook. I mean, you can look me up, Connor Shrewsbury, however it's spelled on wherever you post this on. <laughs> I got it wrote down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I if you want to send me a friend request, I'll probably let it sit there and brew for a little while before I accept it. But... And I, I was a little bit concerned that this was going to happen because I messaged you a couple times like, hey, you still, like, hey, next week. Hey, we're going to be in another week. Hey. Mm-hmm. And then you messaged me. You have two Facebooks <laughs> or two messengers. Yes, yes. One of yeah. them I got locked out of because I don't know how to remember a password or save a password. Yeah. So so you have unopened stuff there of me going, am I going to have someone <laughs> this hey, week? Guess <laughs> what? It's never going to be open, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank but, you for coming. Yeah, Absolutely. we appreciate you being here and sharing yeah, with what us. What you guys are doing here is really cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, it's all all glory to God, though. We're mm-hmm. just we're just doing what what He put on our hearts. So mm-hmm. here we are. Before too long, there's gonna be people flying in from all over the country, and, and Donald Trump coming in giving his testimony. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have enough parking for his money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you see the boat sitting outside. <laughs> Yeah, the boat. The boat's a short-term thing. It's supposed to go home today. Oh, that sucks. But the boats are fun. Yeah, yeah. As long as someone else owns them and you don't have to pay for them. Break out another thousand. Yep. What it stands for. There it is. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so for so much for listening to the Almost Home podcast. I'm gonna give it to Jen to tell you where you can find us. 
Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify if you're not already listening to it there. And Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at the Almost Home Dot Podcast. And of course, Facebook at the Almost Home Podcast. Awesome. Thank you all for listening. We love you all and we will see you next week. Bye.